Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Investigate beautifully detailed scenes of the 1920s, finding out what happened to her or your in the game, sister. With hundreds of mind-teasing puzzles, the next clue is always within reach. Search for hidden objects from the parlours of New York to the sidewalks of Paris. Each chapter uncovers a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve, and I've had a lot of fun. Currently on chapter 7, making progress little by little, tapping away on my phone to get all the puzzle pieces in place. While searching for the murderer, or whatever happened to your sister, you get to decorate your own island with gardens and buildings and chat and play with other Others by joining a detective club. It's a lot of fun and very social. I play while I'm on the train. It keeps me active between my journeys to London and I love the time limits that are pushing me to find those clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. What does it mean to be Jewish? I consider myself Jewish and you are. I'm white and you are black. But are we the same race? Do you feel more familiar with me just knowing that I am Jewish? The reason why I am Jewish is because of my white great-grandmother. Black communities are saying, but you are the real Jew. Don't you know that the first Jews were black? Perhaps that's true. Who cares? Maybe the first Jew was purple. <laughs> Welcome to today's episode of On the Edge with Andrew Gold. Today I am talking with Sarah Brown, a Dutch woman, but that's not the most intriguing part about her, that she happens to be Dutch. She is a black Hasidic Jewish woman. I've been doing quite a few episodes about Hasidism. Is that what it's called? Hasidism? I think it is. Uh, sort of the extreme branch of Orthodox Judaism. It's, it's very, very far away from anything that I've known or experienced in my life, despite being a secular Jewish person myself. Um, and there's, you know, huge communities of them. Well, I said huge. They're not huge, actually. They're small, but they are sort of very insular communities in London and New York. And Sarah um, moved to New York at 18 and began living as a Hasidic Jewish woman. She'll explain exactly why, but do get hold of That Black Hasidic Lady. That's her book, That Black Hasidic Lady, a memoir of a dark-skinned Hasidic woman. It's just a really fascinating story and just tells you a lot about belief and uh, why people move into these kinds of communities. So an interesting one and we'll talk about racism on both sides and all sorts of things. Hope you guys enjoy it. I will try and sort of mix it up a bit more in, in the coming weeks and see who else I can speak to outside of cults perhaps because I've been doing a lot of cult stuff recently. I do have I think Buck Angel coming on who is a female to male trans person who worked in the porn industry and has some quite uh, nuanced I think opinions about you know, uh, whether children should be able to do that, you know, uh, um, have the operations and things. And I'm going to try and tiptoe around it as much as possible so as not to alienate people on either side of that debate. And I'll see who else I can get. Uh, lots of big stuff coming up. Next episode, I think, is going to be uh, Scientology, but an interesting take on it. It's an English Scientology woman called Kelly Copter, whose parents were, well, you'll see, It was. It was. it's really an extraordinary thing. And it's something they called squirrel. They call that squirrel in, in Scientology circles. It means that the parents basically took their own version of it uh, home and 
weren't very nice to Kelly. Uh, but it's a fascinating episode. This episode, well, and that episode, were filmed in person in London. So thank you to Sarah Brown, the black Hasidic lady, as she calls herself, for coming to London for that. It was great, really great to meet her. I met her son as well, one of her sons. And uh, yeah, good fun. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Because now you're on the edge of Hasidism and being black in the community with Sarah Brown. Tell me a little bit about well your life. Let's just start at the at the, at the beginning because yeah, how did how did you come to be? Were you already in a Hasidic Jewish family? No, definitely not. So um, I, I grew up in the Netherlands. That's that, that's in a neighborhood that's not Jewish at all, rather um, very Christian, typical Dutch Christian farmers village. And um, my mother is Jewish, my father is not. My my mother is the granddaughter of a Hasidic woman. Um, but my mother was, my mother's mother passed away when my mother was five years old. So my mother fell under the custody of her grandmother, who was that Hasidic woman. Her, um, her biological grandmother, that is, just to make clear, because I had a lot of comments on Facebook, like, really, is it, were they adopted, blah, blah, So I'm pointing it out. Um, it's my mother's biological grandmother. Um, so she fell under her custody. But my mother is dark like me as well. So um, my mother was very much um, discriminated against by her own family, unfortunately. So my mother's experience with Judaism... Hasidism in particular is not so positive. So she was never interested in um, doing anything with it. So um, we were also not raised with um, with Judaism, really. It's not, we, we were not in an environment to practice it anyways at all. Like, not at, you don't say I'm Jewish where I'm from. You don't. Uh, Pff, what would happen? It. Oh, you will be bullied mercilessly. Oh, that's terribly sad. It is. But, you know, it was late 80s, early 90s, and we are talking about a real typical Dutch village where people tended to be a little bit more simpler, simple-minded perhaps. And, you know, we had to war not too long ago before that. So here and there, you still had that mindset, really. If you're Jewish and you lived there, it was already like, oh... But people could really go further than that, make comments. We had one boy in our school, his name was Ezra. He was Jewish. And if everybody knew that he was Jewish. And oh, this kid got bullied terribly. He would always wet his pants because he was just so stressed. That's horrible. Was it something yeah. then that you at that time wanted to hide away from? No, I didn't care for it also. No, So every time it was Christmas, it was beautiful and everybody was so excited and everything was made so beautifully and I just wanted to be part of that like that that part of, of you know um, the Jewish part my mother didn't do anything with it I was a child so I feared like why would I whatever and I remember my great grandmother also I didn't like her at all she was not nice to me so I didn't care for that part back then not at all so yeah mm. and then could you have foreseen that you would then end up eventually being Hasidic Jewish. Back then? Yeah. No. What happened then? No. What happened? Um, well, when I was 12, we moved to Amsterdam and we moved to a 
very Jewish neighborhood in Amsterdam, the same neighborhood Anne Frank uh, lived before oh, wow. she, um, yeah. And that's kind of the first time when I was really exposed to other Jewish families. And I was like, hmm. You know, but they were close, but yet far. I, I wouldn't have the guts to approach anyone. I was just doing my thing. But that's kind of when I was thinking, hmm, you know, they're not so depressing maybe at <laughs> all. Because that's another thing I thought. Yeah. And I was being told, like, Jews are just very depressed people and no, no good, whatever. Um, but no, the kids were just playing happily and whatever. So that was the first thing that kind of sat with me like okay you know doesn't look so bad maybe not all of them are bad so that's that's kind of when it started um yet i didn't do anything with it um when i went to new york that's really when it started and that came from you had seen new york you, you told your family i want to move to new york they didn't really believe you right yeah. <laughs> so what happened when you were 18 two weeks after my birthday i uh just left <laughs> i just left literally i um i wanted to book a ticket in advance but when you're below 18 and underage you're not allowed to purchase a ticket on your own and my mother did not want to buy one for me even with my own money she just didn't want to so as soon as i turned 18 i bought a ticket and two weeks later i took a plane to new york yeah yeah and then you insane. arrived and it sounds a bit scary your arrival there to me, it was just exciting. It mm. was not scary. <laughs> now, if I think back, it was so scary. But no, to me, it was just exciting. I arrived there, and um, you want me to yeah, go, go on, on the Jewish yeah, part, or it. really? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I remember hearing a story about you know you followed you followed somebody around. You had this mad story right. about arriving in New York. Right. Yeah. So when I first arrived in New York, I just wanted to absorb everything. First of all, I went to Times Square and. I slept on Wall Street. I had no money. And a Dutch family was looking for uh, an, a, um, a Dutch au pair to teach the children Dutch. They found me. I don't know how. And I lived with them for three months in Westchester, New York. Westchester, boring. Mm -hmm. So I said, I was thinking to myself, I didn't come to New York to take care of these people's kids. And I left them. And then I found another family in Manhattan that also the father was Dutch. The mother was something Asian. Um, they wanted also to teach the child uh, Dutch. Um, but I couldn't get along with them very well. The, the father I could, the mother not, and her mother even worse. That's how we kind of split up. And um, yeah, so around the time that I left that family was the same time that I spotted a, I think, modern Orthodox young man on the train. And he was reading and playing with his hair while reading. And he was reading something Yiddish, something Hebrew, whatever. And um, I was just looking and just thinking, like, how am I going to say so? I, it was a full train. It was peak hour. Yeah. So I didn't have the guts to just, you know. Um, but I was, like, really watching him like an eagle, like, yo, how am I going to do this? So I decided I'm just going to follow him off. And when the opportunity is there to say something, I will, like, when it's not so, not so many people. <laughs> <laughs> so he got off the train. I passed my stop where I had to get off just to follow him. He was on the escalator, and then I went on his sleeve, like, I tucked his sleeve. <laughs> and he was like, whoa, 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 you know. Yeah. And then I explained to him in very broken English 
like, hey, you know, I'm here. I came from Holland. I'm Jewish. And I would like to learn more about uh, Yiddish, about Judaism. Where can I do that? And then he looked at me and then he said, like, uh, first he had a few questions, um, I guess, to make sure that I am Jewish. And then he's like, you know what, give me your number. I'm going to look into this for you and I'll call you. I said, yeah, well, whatever. I gave him my number. <laughs> um, and yeah, soon after he actually, not he, a, a rabbi actually called me back and uh, explained to me, um, I got uh, your phone number from a gentleman and he explained your story and this and da, da, da. And then the rabbi started to ask me questions, the same questions like he asked. And then he did um, suggested a specific organization on the Upper West Side. Um, I ended up working for them also, by the way. Um, and, you know, start there. There you can start learning more about. Uh, and I, it was the perfect indeed the perfect uh, suggestion because it was really for beginners 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 which i really was so i started to go there um i learned a lot and uh, i started working there while i was working there also people have questions you have to answer these questions i learned so much and this is how i slowly grew religious more religious but not it was not a conscious decision it was really a very unconscious Thing that just happened within yeah and what what does it mean to be jewish and i'm thinking this i'm conscious of the fact that you know i consider myself jewish and and you are uh, i'm white and you are black right and <laughs> so but are we the same race because people would say judaism is a is a race as well do, do, and do you do you feel for example more familiar with me just knowing that i am jewish oh it's a good question mm. Um, oh, there's so many ways for me to answer <laughs> this based on so many things I've heard and experiences and, and, and my family, because really I, the reason why I am Jewish is because of my white great grandmother, right? But uh, so I have done interviews before and on YouTube, uh, black communities are saying, but you are the real Jew. Don't you know that the first Jews were black? And I've seen that so much. And perhaps that's true. Probably, maybe it's true. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, whatever. That's not my point, really. Uh, which color was the first? That's really, who cares, really? Maybe the first Jew was purple. <laughs> like, no, echt, like, who cares? Yeah. Um, somebody asked me, do you want to marry a black Jew or a white Jew? I think it's so silly, the, 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 the the, the color doesn't matter. I do think indeed that Judaism, it's, it's a religion. It's not a race. The first Jew did come from a specific part of the world, yes. But technically, if you think about it, everyone could convert to Judaism. So, uh, in my opinion, I'm just going to call it an opinion, but it is a religion. Um, yes, and I definitely don't feel like Somebody that is born in Poro uh, Park, Brooklyn, with a Caucasian color, is more Jewish than I am because they look it more. Look sure. it more. No, that's really. I definitely don't feel that way. And what? And what do you feel then about? I'm just curious about how you feel connected to, uh, to me. And I would I would ask this of any Hasidic Jewish person because you are actually the first Hasidic Jewish person I've ever had a, a real conversation with. Which is yeah. quite exciting for me. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's yeah. really interesting for me to sit with you. And I have heard it said that a Hasidic Jewish person would would not consider me to be Jewish yeah. because I don't really follow most of the yeah. religion. What? Where? No, I'm, I don't feel that way. 
Yeah. No, I don't feel that way. If you're Yiddish, you're Yiddish. And I think I I don't I don't really think that we would not consider you being not Jewish. There is this thing that when you're raised a certain way, like really how I'm raised as well, and you just don't know and you're just molded the way you are, then it's really not your fault. So it's it's not your fault for it's us. It's not my fault. <laughs> yes. But me first of all, I am raised super modern. I am raised like you can do whatever you want. You know, and and we respect you, and we love you. And what do you want? You want ballet? Okay, let's do ballet. You want yeah. to, like, my, I am raised also that way. Um, I chose this way, and it was my decision. Um, but I, I still, my mindset is still very much so open-minded. If you're Yiddish, like, I look at you, I look you in the eye. I have no problem with that, and I don't feel like now you might have. Uh, any thoughts that might arouse you or something. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say it, but for modesty, reasons mm -hmm. of modesty, Hasidic men don't look at women when, when they talk, if they have to talk to each other. Yes. Yeah? Where would they look then? Just to the side? Or Usually like this. They look at, at me arm. like this. Yeah, always at my shoulder. <laughs> I don't know. And at first, I didn't, I didn't understand that. Um, when I was first involved with the Hasidic community, and I would literally go like this, hello, like, <laughs> I'm here, look at me. <laughs> yeah. Because also, um, a thing I'm raised with is like, if you talk to somebody, yeah. you look at the yeah. person in the eye. It's rude not to look at a person. So I wouldn't understand that part. Yeah, I, so, I think so as well. It's 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 very strange. But, but you know, that's why when, when you came out of the train station, we met just before, yeah. um, and I said, how, do you, how, do, how should we say hello? And then I think you thought I meant, what like, how do you say hello? And you said, well, just hello. But I meant, do I shake your hand? Do we have? Do I go an yeah. embrace of some sort? Yeah. Um, and, and that's something that you have to sort of. Was that new to you when you joined the Hasidic community? This sort of okay, we don't touch, and you, with men, for example, was that new? And is that is that difficult for you? Would you rather sometimes just hug some a man hello or something? Yeah, you know, I am very. Um I mean, I'm South American also, and 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 that I'm very warm, extremely warm, and usually I s express this towards children. My kids, I'm just always hugging them and kissing them, and my my siblings' kids, I'm just very warm. And the other day, I ran into um, a young gentleman who I know since he is like my children's age. I used to watch his niece. And when he realized who I was, he was like, <gasps> and he like literally just grabbed me like, oh, wow. Da, 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 da. And I was like, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, so nice to see you too. But I was really like, uh, I don't know how you say it. Like, uh, shocked, I guess, yeah. or straight. <laughs> yeah, very... like, what am I doing now? Yeah. But in my, in the back of my mind, my heart was so happy also to see him again. And I really felt the same way. But the modest part of me felt like, yo, just, okay, done. Okay, just let go. But he doesn't know, yeah? yeah. And he was just happy. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, 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 it is sometimes challenging, especially since I'm also involved with the non-Jewish world or the more modern world. Yeah. yeah. 
I ju- just for anybody um, who's, who's hearing these occasional words like echt and versteis, these are y- Yiddish <laughs> words that I mean really and and uh, do you understand? And we can talk in Yiddish, well, German Yiddish, because I, I learned <laughs> German, so wir können auf Deutsch ein bisschen sprechen, yeah. aber niemand kann verstehen. Also, wir müssen auf Englisch sprechen. Yeah, but it's just so, it's just, I find that so fascinating that I finally have a use for my German and it's to talk with Hasidic uh, Jewish people in, in their first yeah. language. Yeah. Um, but but this is, I suppose, one of the great uh, um, um, interesting contrasts about your about you as a person. I think because you're so open and so interested, and you can go to New York on your own with with no money at the time and just make your life and do all these things. And then people would associate the community you joined with being very insular and the opposite. And men don't look at you and stuff. So are there are there not parts of you that that, that think okay, well, I could be. I can still be Jewish and maybe modern Orthodox without actually being in the Hasidic part. No, because I remember that um, I've told this story a few times. Actually, I had a coworker when I was not so religious at all. I had a coworker, and he brought his new. No, she was not new. Like a, he had a baby, and she was really very like almost a newborn, very young. And his wife was away, and he took the baby to the office. And even with the baby, automatically I started talking Yiddish to the baby. And I was not Hasidish back then, and I was not very re- even religious back then. But it was, it is just something. I, what was the question, really? I'm sorry. If if why the most maybe uh-huh. conservative? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's where I was you. going. Yeah, yeah. It it is something just really deep within. And 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 um, so the baby. I spoke Yiddish to the baby because I felt like this is a Yiddish in Shoma, and we should speak. It was not a conscious thing that I did. It just went that way. It is something really deep within, and it doesn't work for everybody, and it does not even always work for me because there are certain things where I feel like, oh, that's flat out nonsense, like shaving my hair, mm-hmm. whatever. Which you haven't done, which is you, I have you not didn't. Done it. But but you do have a. It was Scheitel, Scheitel, yeah. Which, yeah. What, which we should explain to people who've never heard of Judaism what that is. Scheitel is a wig. Yeah, it yeah. looks wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. I Thank didn't realise you were wearing it till you told me before. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It is a very good one. Perhaps that's why. <laughs> I do want it to look natural, mm-hmm. m- more natural. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I always, I always cover my hair, but I like my own hair also and I, I it, it makes me feel like a woman and, and like me and I, I, I'm not shaving it I don't feel like it's really necessary No, I suppose you don't have to if you cover it then what difference what's right. underneath it Right, but by us usually the women shave their head just in, just to go an extra step further and being modest Okay, and, and this is to yeah, this is to stop the male gaze at hair it is just to be extra cautious that your hair will not be exposed. Because if, because it's arousing to men. I suppose. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. But it's such a... I always found that so funny because that's not the thing 
I've never seen men who are like, oh, look at her hair. You know, <laughs> it's usually I, it would be another part of their body. You perhaps know? yes, perhaps it's does something to the woman because honestly, if I would not have hair, I would feel like. I mean, if you're sick, it's one thing, yeah, obviously. But if you can have your hair, it makes you a woman feel a certain more a certain way. Feminine. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, more feminine. Um, so maybe, maybe, and I'm not sure if this is the case, but maybe that is the the, the purpose to make women not feel so um, feminine or more sexier, so that they radiate that towards men. Maybe hmm. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> just making sure that it's maybe. It's just perhaps. Yeah. Um, but I am. I I have my hair, and I I, I like to keep it. I understand that. Yeah, it's it, it's just one of those funny rules, I suppose. Right. And we yeah. we do, yeah. you know, outside of religion, we do adhere to funny rules and things, yeah. and it's part of being human. Yeah. Uh, that one I, I find funny because I just think as well the wig might be even more attractive That's than the real hair. One. Yeah, my ex-husband always said that. Did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always said that most of these wigs look even nicer than the hair before the girl was married. <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe that's the real reason that they wear because they know how nice the wigs look. <laughs> Perhaps. I yeah, might get a yeah. wig. My grandfather used to make wigs. Uh, I just remembered that. I forgot that till this second. Oh, and, really? Well, he was a barber, Jewish guy in, you know, part of London. Yeah. There were probably a lot of Jewish people around. And yeah. uh, he, he did, I, I, if my dad was sitting here, I could ask him more about it. But yeah. I know he made wigs for Jewish women. women. Yeah. Wow. He's not so with us anymore. Otherwise, yeah. I would. Uh, well, you have your wig or your shaitan already, <laughs> so yeah. you, you you don't yeah. need that. So, when you first joined the Hasidic community, I guess recently in particular, do you know about like Kanye West? Do you know who he is? <laughs> I do. I have no comments. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't have to comment about Kanye West, but but there 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 has been a really interesting relationship between black people and Jewish people, often together with civil rights and things where they've worked together mm. for things. And then there has been a lot of myths spread <clears throat> in both communities about each other. And there's been there's been tension and things like that. Unfortunately, Kanye West hasn't helped, but he's also just a <laughs> lunatic. He's not representative of the black community in general. But that right, does exist yeah, in yeah. both communities. Yeah. So did you feel any of that struggle when you first joined the Hasidic Jewish community as a black woman? No, I feel the struggle now. Now I've written a book. <laughs> really? Before, no. Now I've written a book, I get a lot of... So 99% of negative um, um, feedback comes, unfortunately, from the black community because they feel like, oh, just for different reasons, but it's like, but you're black, why would you join such a racist uh, uh, people, whatever, like those types of things. Um and it's, and, it's, and it's really unfortunate. And if you know me, then okay, maybe you have something, maybe you have something to say, but I feel like a lot of people talk in a way as if they know everything about me and they have their judgment ready and this is how it is and so be it. Mm -hmm. You know, well, sometimes I read these comments, I'm like, where even, how, what? This is not even true. Like, why do you think it? This never even happened. Like, 
you know, and that's that's just that's really unfortunate. Mm. And there's Very a rich tradition of Black Jewish people as well, uh, like Lenny Kravitz. He's I think yeah. he's maybe the most famous one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really like that song. I want to get away. <laughs> I don't want to fly. Away. Yeah, I love his music. Yeah, yeah, I just remembered. I'm in a studio. I've got the microphone. I'm going to sing it. <laughs> but yeah, he's yeah. great. But so yeah. so when you. But, but still, you must have stood out because there aren't many Hasidic Jew. I mean, they're Jewish black people, but Hasidic Jewish black yeah. people, there can't be many. No, but if I um, walk the streets of New York in Harlem, by, by the, which is, the, there's a huge black community living in Harlem, it's predominantly black, people don't necessarily right away notice me as a Jew. Um, unless, you know, when I had kids and my kids were three years old and started having kapelig and everything, then okay. Mm. What's that? Uh, yarmulke, the okay. head covering yeah, for, for yeah. boy. Like we call it a couple for some reason. I don't know why my family... A couple, yeah. We say couple, yeah. Or kippa. Kippa, which yeah. Which is a fish as well. <laughs> <laughs> but And what are they called? Yeah. The I always forget. The hair, the curly... Pais, yeah. Pa- Pais, yeah. Pais, yeah. Right. Do they have that, your children? Um, one now does. The other two don't. Mm. Uh, my younger son wants it, and then that's fine. But my two older kids do, do not want it. Mm. Um, my older son is here. Yes, yeah, as you've seen, I met him. Man. He's very nice. Yes, he's a cutie. He is I a cutie. Agree. What do what what do they signify the pies? What? What does it signify? The what does it what does it symbolize? Oh, um, you're not supposed to shave the corners of your head. The two corners. It just says in the toilet that you're not supposed to do that. Huh. So and yeah, I know people that men that has never ever cut it in their entire life that literally have it till here, mm-hmm. and some people burn it like it. it you know, everybody does it different. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And so if you're walking down Harlem, they don't necessarily notice uh, no, that they, you're Jewish. they know I'm not from there. That's oh, really? clearly, it's like always, oh, where are you from? Where are you from? Huh. That I always get. Um, but but they don't necessarily pinpoint, oh, that's a Jewish woman. Mm. No. Harlem is probably a Dutch name, isn't it? Yeah, Harlem. Yeah. Yeah. So you should be like, where are you from? I'm home. This is my Dutch <laughs> it's place. It's my city. <laughs> yeah. You Americans, what do you know about this Harlem place? It's so funny. I was just explaining <laughs> that to my son, actually. Um, he, he asked me, what did he ask me? Ah, if New York used to be called New Amsterdam. Right. And I said, yeah. And then yeah. we just started talking about the history of New York. And then I told him Brooklyn is really comes from Breukelen, which is a city. Wow. In, uh, yeah. And New Utrecht is Utrecht. We lived there also for three years. So there, there, there are a lot of names in New York that come from Dutch cities and Harlem is one of them yeah so yeah. your home really yeah so, <laughs> so that's one side and then okay when you first joined the Hasidic Jewish community you're mm-hmm. going to synagogue and stuff like that mm-hmm. I've heard you speak about being stared at a bit at the beginning I mean mm-hmm. and that doesn't necessarily Still, mean yeah. <laughs> it's not necessarily bad is it it, yeah, no, it's no, not at all. But it, it doesn't bother me, regardless. Regardless, mm. yeah. Okay. Did you have any awkward situations at the beginning when you first got into the community? Any difficult times? Difficult times? Yeah, from, from just just because you were different to the to, to them. Difficult times. No, I had to learn a lot. That for sure. I mean, I've done things that as as a from uh, from a woman like a, a a religious woman you're not supposed to do um but difficult no in general i experience everybody just to always be very helpful and explaining and no difficult no hmm. maybe yes but that i don't remember from the top of my head mm-hmm. of course and did you what so at the beginning there you had to learn different rules and things yeah uh 
were there any, were there any that you had particularly difficulty with that you didn't you didn't like this rule or maybe you accidentally did some things that we weren't supposed to do? Uh, well, yes. I uh, my first chasana, I went my first wedding. I went to in New York City. I brought my camera and I wanted to f- make photographs of everything. So I just literally mixed myself in the men's section to make pictures of everything and in between the men. Well, obviously, I was not supposed to do that. <laughs> so I did that. Um, what happened? Nothing. Nobody really said anything. Sometimes I feel like other religious people don't necessarily agree with rules also, but they just follow them because those are the rules but they don't necessarily feel like oh it must be that way i i believe that also uh, nobody really nah. it was just like whatever but but uh yeah that was not supposed to happen it's so it's so difficult for me to and, and i like that it's difficult for me to understand because that's the whole point of the podcast i want to have people with different <laughs> ways of living and different philosophies so i yeah. really like that yeah. uh, and it's so hard because i'm just thinking this is a person who i can see does not like rules and likes to do her own thing yeah and then has joined one of the most famous insular communities yeah yeah yes but i must say the rules that are rules um, how do I explain this the best way? I don't do something because they are rules. I do something because I feel like this is the right way for them to be done. Like kosher, like keeping kosher, yeah? yeah? I keep kosher because I feel like that's how it's supposed to be done for us, that is. Not because it's a rule. Mm. Um, that's a really interesting one because mm-hmm. I'm a vegetarian and I don't have strong beliefs. Oh, right. Okay, so I, I know families... Um, who are much more orthodox than my family who keep kosher and sometimes we sit at a table and like I'm looking at them like why won't they eat that thing because they won't eat a particular thing because it's not kosher but they're (laughs) looking at me going why won't he eat this this thing that is like has some meat in it and I know that my rule is as uh, illogical as theirs because my rule is I'm like eating um, mayonnaise you know I'm having mayonnaise but it comes from the same thing but I don't I try not I try to tell myself yes but don't think about that (laughs) so I guess we all have those it's not as obvious as a chicken (laughs) exactly yeah it's not I get you yeah yeah Yeah. no exactly different rules work for different people in different ways also Um, and so we are very Heimish but we live mm. in a way that kind of works for us. Heimisch being homely or comfortable. Uh, Heimisch, uh, Heimisch Jeden is like very from, very from. Very conservative, from. What is conservative? Conservative, um, I thought, was not so... Oh, relig- religious, very religious. And yeah. Ad- adherent to the religious yeah. scriptures and yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, from. yeah. Yes, yes. But it's important that it also has to work for us. And it's important that my children are happy and that I am happy. So if keeping my hair makes keeps me happy, then I'll keep my hair. I'm not doing anything against halacha, against against uh, how is halacha? Um, I don't know what that is. God. Halachas, um, the, the 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 Jewish rules, really. Uh. <laughs> um, so we we we. Uh, oh, elachenu, elachenu. That's part of the prayer. <laughs> <It's a> prayer yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we pick and choose, kind of like you know, this is okay. Like my shaitel is is is. Um, the, the Hasidic community that we are with don't wear shaitos like this really they tend to be much more short and much more like like you see old people their hair kind of mm-hmm. not for me yeah mm-hmm. so I, I kind of do what works for us yeah and this was something that was uh, talked about by like Julia Hart she talked about something called snius mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is uh, modesty yeah. and there's a lot of modesty and some people in some religions talk about the 
the paradox or the irony that uh, you end up sort of competing for modesty. So it's almost yeah. like a righteous modesty, and uh, which is yeah. it doesn't make sense. Um, but but yeah. So so is that not as important for you? Then? And you know what I want to ask you then. So how do you feel about the things that they might have said? People like Julia and and Javi Weisberger. Um, when they criticize and they say they couldn't leave and if they leave their friends will all desert them and leave them this seems to be a different experience to what what you've had yeah i believe them 100 percent. i think maybe a little exaggeration here and there slightly <laughs> slightly um but i i i believe that that happens it happens and not only by us but it really happens in, in many other religious groups or communities it happens. It happens, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you're and you joined. You're. Is it Satmir? Is yeah. That, and that. And so for people who don't know, is that that's quite high up on the. It is, but I would not really consider myself being full fledged Satmir. I'm not. But I'm. I have close ties to Satmir for sure. If 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 um, yeah. We we do many things a Satmir way. I would say yeah. And these are different groups within the Hasidic yeah, community yeah. in New York. My my great grandmother, she was Bells. This, this yeah. is again another Hasidic tak, another Hasidic shvia. Interesting. Yeah, so it, it it really depends. But my closest people also they're really Sahmed, and that's always where where we hmm. are. Should we go back into your life a bit? So you've got kids with your first your your first you had you were divorced. So so how did that? I mean, what what was he like, and and how? How did he fit into Hasidic Judaism, or did he not? Not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at all. No. So he is also Dutch, and he is a typical Dutch Jewish man. Um, he's very Dutch, and he's very—I uh, uh, don't even know—I don't know these terms. How you say them in English? Like mm. square-minded, if you yeah, will. Yeah, that's very. That's my experience of some Dutch. Some. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying some for any Dutch people watching. Some Dutch people are very stern and yeah, very like yeah, yeah. straight. And yeah, just, oh, this is the way. This is how we do yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, he said the wildest things at certain Shabbos tables, uh-huh. which made me laugh because I understood and I see the humor in it. But it made other people at the table go like, what did he just say? Speaks his mind. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry, it made me laugh just thinking back about it. <laughs> um, so... No, but New York in general, it was just too much, too much, too fast. Too, it, it wasn't for him, really. Okay. It wasn't for him. He lived there because we were married and um, he, he wanted it. He really wanted it. But really deep in his heart, it was not his thing. Okay. Nay. So was that difficult? You bec- and you became more, more uh, religious. Yeah. And, and that was, was that difficult then? No, so, well, I was already very uh, religious before I got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I told him, I will not marry you if you won't move to New York and if you also, um, you know, come Baal which is um, somebody who was not religious and becomes religious later, so he should become religious. So he learned and he became more religious. But that too, it was not really something that he truly believed in. He did it for me, but he was like, whatever. Not a Dutch thing. He's like, just why? That nonsense, you know? Okay. <laughs> But it sounds like quite amicable between you guys. Like you, it wasn't, it wasn't a horrible ending or anything. No, 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 no. Seiken, switch to Dutch. Absolutely not. No, <laughs> no. I, still today, everything is very peaceful. We talk a lot. Another thing that's not really allowed by us. You talk yeah, to your exactly. ex-husband, mm. but that's something you know. We have kids, 
And sometimes you just kind of have to discuss a few things. I don't have a husband now for, for me to do it anyway. So, um, so yeah, no, everything is very peaceful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and he's, so I know you're raising the children and he's okay with them being raised in the Hasidic Jewish community? Yes, absolutely. He knows me. I, yeah, no, he knows me. Mm, that's nice. Meaning, uh, no, yeah. Let's just keep it to he knows me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I understand that. I, I would, I would trust you with my my children as well. <laughs> so that's the point. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, um, one of the main aspects I think that everybody's interested in in Hasidic Judaism is um, the marriages and the being set up. It's called something that it's another sh word. Uh, uh, who sets you up with someone? Yeah, a shid, uh, oh, shatran, yeah. Shatran, uh, yeah. Yeah, they they like they find they make partnerships and yeah. things. Klopt, klopt, yeah. yeah, is that happening with you? Uh yes, certainly. Quite exciting. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, well I am different and even if I was a typical Jewish Caucasian girl, I would still be different yeah. just because of the way how I think and stuff like that. So I get different suggestions, but really different suggestions which are often not okay and whoever i married should be a fine example for my sons mm -hmm. and have they not been not at all when when people have been suggested to you so what what happens i think people are fascinated by how how this works so um i should i should give you a few examples yeah so okay okay so Shatran contacts me. I have this specific person. It really looks like it would be a great match. I'll send you uh, um, uh, like a, a, a profile for you to look at. Usually the profile looks very nice, whatever the picture, sometimes nice, sometimes whatever. Um, and then until I get to speak to them, then you, you notice like something is off. Yeah, like you, it's like sometimes as if I speak to a 14-year-old. Like, yeah, well, it would be somebody that would be around my age, but there's just mentally something off with the person. Um, I, I also had one which was pretty nice, really. Um, somebody it was a rabbi and the rabbi lived in Switzerland. His children went to yeshiva, I think in France it was. Mm. It's a school, the yeshiva. Yeah, mm. yeah. And um, it was also something good match, blah, blah, blah. He was interested but I would have to live in Switzerland. Ah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry for any Swiss people. <laughs> but he was perfect, but I would have to live in Switzerland. <laughs> no, yeah. So I, I like it. I don't want to live in Switzerland. Let's just put it that way. I don't. And like him, he cannot move because he has kids. Well, I have kids too. I'm not just going to, you know, move to Switzerland and send my kids to school and friends. And like, you know. But how are you having this conversation when you meet these these people? Is it like on... on by phone or are you yeah. going in a room to meet them? No, no, no. First by phone. If 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 the phone conversation, um, everything is okay, then perhaps you discuss with the Shatran, okay, we can meet each other after maybe two more conversations over the phone. Yeah. Because again, this is different to the experiences, the more negative experiences I've heard where they've been like, this is who you're marrying and that's it. And maybe they felt that pressure because it was their their families were very closely right. involved. So I, I I heard that I think on your videos, but in my experience, I mean I I I'm very you know in my experience what I see it's not really that extreme. It's more like yes, you definitely do feel a pressure from your family because they wanted to be connected to this 
other very perfect family and they feel like their kid matches your kid. So, of course, you feel that from your parents that they wish that also for them. But it's not like you must marry this person and that's it. And in my experience, it's more like, what do you think? Do you like him? You know, usually there's like a sign that the girl would give from the room that she's sitting with the boy, like yes or no. But you you really can't force your child to marry. It's, it's, from what I have seen, it's never really bluntly forced like that. There is a certain pressure. I agree to that for sure. Um, but it's not like you must marry this person and there's no, there's, you know. So, so far you've just said no for the men you've been suggesting. I, I will tell you no. Uh-huh. Nobody can tell me that's it. Yeah. I'm not such, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> You're not submissive. I'm not submissive, but I'm also not. Um, I, nobody can just tell me you have to. That just doesn't work for me. I'm not, I'm not, it's, that, it doesn't work like that for me at all. Isn't that going to be difficult to find a Hasidic man who is going to accept that? Because I gather that a lot of it is that the women are supposed to be a little bit submissive. I am a little submissive, but I'm not submissive in that way. And yeah, it might be difficult, but at least I'm true to myself. And being true to myself is what keeps me happy. If I'm not going to be true to myself, I'm just going to be miserable like many other women are. Would you like to get married and have like? Would it yeah. be a big? Wait, so the marriage is there. What are the weddings? What are they? Lo- what are they like? What weddings are like? Like in New York, yeah. My wedding or just my weddings in, in overall? Well, your first wedding wasn't a Hasidic wedding, was it? It, it, it mm, oh, half half ish kind of kind of. It was very Heimish, very Heimish. Weddings usually. Um, so the the women and the men are separate. Right, the men have their own area and the women have their own area. Um, every bride kind of um, processes it differently. Some are very excited, some are very quiet. I remember one of my—I call her my niece, but she's not my blood relative, but she's like a niece to me because her family's like my family. The day before she got married, I was at their house, and she she was laying in a recliner in her on her porch with headphones on just laying and completely as if she just wanted to like not be on earth for a moment just completely you know i've never seen that before yeah you know like that so but i guess also that her parents felt like okay you do you for now <laughs> because tomorrow's your big day um but every bride kind of processes it processes it different differently most of them are very happy so to get married not everybody um yeah uh, to me all the weddings are the same uh, if i think back at, uh, uh, about all the weddings that i've been through i can't take tell them apart mm. which outfit was i if i see pictures which whose wedding was this i can't tell because they're all the same in the same hall with the same people and the same clothes that everybody wears yeah, and I don't want such a wedding either. You must be able to tell, yeah, that was Suri's wedding, please. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, so yeah, the wedding is just, uh, you first have the Kabbalah um, and then, um, uh, the Chippa, and then eating, and then dancing, and then the Mitzvah dance. Hmm. That's a good deed dance. 
mitzvah tanz. Mitzvah, yeah, you're doing the mitzvah of, of dancing, tanzen, yeah. which, which can be a lot of fun. But but then I, I yeah. suppose like if people were being critical of, of not of you but of the of the community, they could say um, the reason that all the weddings are the same is because any kind of extreme authoritarian sect wants to strip people of their individuality so that they become more just a part of the whole thing. Do, do those kinds of things, and also knowing, as you say, some of the women don't want to get married, but they feel they can't speak up. Is there part of you that wants to maybe from the inside try and change that and try and try and help so that the women who don't want to marry don't ever have to go through that? <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> No, I can't do anything about that. And in overall, most girls do want to get married. And sometimes also for that negative reason of they just want to get out of their house and feel like they have a little bit more freedom from their parents. I've, I've, I've heard that a lot also. I would not know what I could do about it. If, 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 if somebody, a girl would come to me and say, I really don't want to get married. I'm leaving tonight. Can you please help me sleep somewhere? I would say, yes, I'll help you, but I would also suggest you have to go the right way by this. Speak, you have to speak to your family, whatever, do like, you know, yeah. go the right way by this. But I would not abandon anyone if they would ask for help. But um, I personally do believe in this lifestyle, you know, not, not that anyone should get forced to get married, not that. But um, that, that is, this is my life also. It's my community also, my way of living also. If my kids, I, I would suggest them to get married when they're like 20, 21. If they don't want, they don't want. I'm not the type that's going to force them. But I would encourage it. What if your children, and I have no idea what the rules are around this, uh, how, does, how does one in the Hasidic community feel about the possibility mm -hmm. of their children maybe being gay, for example? Again? Being gay. What's, what what uh, did you say before? How, how does it feel for somebody in the Hasidic community uh, what are the feelings around that if they're no, children? It's just, just negative. <laughs> yeah. Negative. As, yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, you would, then you would definitely most probably be, um, how do you say it, banned? Mm, Excommunicated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just being of the derech, stepping out from the community, do your own thing. Maybe some families will still talk to you, but, Go taking it a step further, being gay. Yeah, you probably your your family probably won't speak to you. How do you feel about that? Gay people. Yeah, uh, you do you. But isn't it sad that they would be kicked out of the community? Oh, how I feel about them being kicked out. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very sad. I can't imagine that. I can't go there with my head personally. I would never excommunicate my kids for anything for any reason. So if they or gay or something it wouldn't bother you that it, much it would bother me but i would not ex um, i would not uh, ban them they're my kids what they're if they my kids what if they left the community same thing listen it's just more important that they're happy they have to be happy they have to be true to themselves trust me because i'm different also i get also a lot of Hasidish people that reach out to me really telling me what's going on in their head while they're living this whole facade of... Oh, wow. You know? But you should start a podcast. 
<laughs> Anonymous people could talk. To, could they talk to you? Perhaps, perhaps that would be a great podcast. <laughs> on, um, maybe it wouldn't be looked on well in the community that if you no, were doing they this. would not be happy. No, but but uh, again, I, I if I do something, it's, it's I work for an organization. That's okay. That is um, Israeli that supports the Israeli Air Force, and that already was not taken positive at all by who by the community because they don't like israel no exactly people don't realize that i forgot that yeah there was there was already a, and a, isn't that funny because earlier you said like you know i felt i wanted to join the hasidic community i wanted to be in new york and like you know i want to be in new york new york and people don't really firstly because so many people associate us me as well with israel yeah. And really, yeah. my family is is from where my producer Michal's family is from, uh, <laughs> like Poland and Russia and all of those places. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and New York is where all of that is happening. Yeah. Of course, London as well, and there are yeah. other places like yeah. that. Uh, and not only are they not part of Israel, but they openly dislike Israel. Don't yeah. why, why is that? Yeah. Because it says, or it well. Whatever it says that we should not have um, our own country. We should not have Israel before Mashiach is here. Um, and 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 now there is Israel. While Mashiach is not here yet, so that's a problem. Hmm. Whenever you say a, a word I don't know that has and stuff in it, I think it must mean God or something. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Mashiach, our savior, whatever. However, yeah, yeah. Is that what that much. is? Okay, yeah. Messiah. Yeah, yeah I. It's so interesting. I suppose there's two things going on because a lot of the Hasidic community grew uh, after the Holocaust, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was a way of becoming more insular because of the dangers outside yeah. to the Jewish community. Yeah. But Israel was set up, and people can argue all day about whether it was right or wrong or whatever, but the reason was supposed to be exactly the same. Yeah. A place. Yeah. So you can see how these two people would not get along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 I also think it's just two different perspectives of looking at the same thing yeah. really that's why sometimes there are the minhagim which is uh, uh, um, let's say customs within within the, the, the different Jewish group different Jewish uh, communities have different customs um, but but those are also often just based on how they should feel it should be. They should feel. They should build. They feel like it should be this way. Da da da. And then sometimes for me it's also well. Let's just take a step back and do as the Torah says, and then that's it. You know, instead of yeah. going further for no reason. I understand. <laughs> it's it's so it's so interesting. Um, another thing I was going to ask you about is you're, you're an opera singer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you actually yeah. perform in operas or in theatre productions and things? Um, not anymore. Mm. I used to perform a lot. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What if I start a song? Would you sing? Sing. Nesendoma. I can't sing. <laughs> no, so I don't sing in front of men. Oh, really? Um, that's another thing, isn't it? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I do sing. Uh, that's another thing that happened in the beginning. Mm. I'm at the Shabbos table and they start singing Koech Soif, which is it's a song, a Shabbos song, which is my favorite song. I can cry. I'm not going to just sit and not sing along. I would just <laughs> sing along. Well, at the end, you have like, 10 other Hasidic men and then the women were really like 
you're not supposed to sing. Oh, you know? man. And then I would sing in a way that nobody could hear me, whatever. But in the beginning, I would just sing. What kind of voice, just so I can imagine, is it like a, oh, or is it, oh, is it? My voice? Yeah. Very high. Yeah, soprano. I'm a soprano. I'm trying to imagine it because we can't, no one's allowed to hear it, but I'm imagining how, <laughs> how it sounds. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's like really, if you think about opera music, a woman singing opera, that's, that's me. Yeah. What about a woman writing a book about her experiences in the community and stuff? That There must have been some people who looked badly at that. Not Jewish people. Really? It's 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 just really people of my skin color that looks... Not everybody, but the negative feedback that I get comes from, unfortunately, from other black people. But that's, it seems remarkable that there wouldn't be criticism from within the community because you're not allowed to sing in front of men, but you can write a book and you can be <laughs> on a podcast, for example. Yeah, all yeah. of these. And yeah. what about TV? Can you watch TV? Um, not officially not um when my boys when we started looking for schools for them that was another drama yeah it's like no you're too this no you're too that what if do you I mean would, I, if when i would look for a school for my kids because you know we do watch certain things right innocent things but um a non-hasidic school that was very heimish very religious was like no you're too hasidish hasidish schools would be like you're too modern uh. so and in between was not really existent i did find a somewhat in between school which really officially is a Hasidic uh, school um but it was extremely hard because there are all these sites to me that they couldn't place nobody could no school could place that you know yeah so that was difficult will you will you be able to watch like do you watch youtube yeah you've watched my youtube so you can watch that it's yeah. it's i get it it's hard you know there's these rules and you have to be like yeah, they have to work with the modern world trust me a lot of hasidic women watch youtube without anyone knowing i know i know because <laughs> julia hart told me this as well because she's getting yeah. criticized because yeah. people are saying this isn't what it's like and she's like well how do you know you you must have watched my show <laughs> you're not supposed to watch it and i've had yeah. people in the comments there will be from this as well yeah saying things this isn't right or that's right and yeah. it's like, you shouldn't be watching. Um, <laughs> no, true, very true. And, yeah. and uh, um, yes, I also, from the interviews that I've already done, I get text messages like, hey, <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> they can tell me because I don't care what anyone does. Yeah. But I know, and I'm like, you, how did you watch it? Like, you're not supposed to be, you know, you're yeah. a sophomore, you're a square. How do you, how, where do you get the internet from? But yeah, a lot, a lot just do. I like that they break the rules because I think rules are <laughs> meant to be broken sometimes, you know? I don't trust people who completely yeah. keep to the rules. I don't trust yeah. those people. That's what my mother always says. She says, like, the most schlechte mensen... The, mm, the worst people. Yeah, usually have this, this, this cover of being very holy. Thank you to the wonderful Sarah Brown. She came all the way to London uh, just for that in-person interview. What a pleasure to be able to hang out with her, to meet her, to to just have a great time with her and to be able to interview her. It was a real, um, real honour, really, uh, to learn about a different kind of life. Let me know any thoughts that you have. Make sure to get her book, That Black Hasidic Lady, a memoir of a dark-skinned Hasidic woman. And uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Say hello there and, and tell me what you thought of this episode. And you can support the podcast on patreon.com slash Andrew Gold. See you soon. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.